got your Bibles, the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 21. Uh, where's his brothers at? I've never met them. Where were they? There's one. Where's the other? There you are. Okay. Y'all hope y'all got some great stories tonight. And uh, something that I could use. And uh, amen. I believe you do. I believe it's the will of God for me to talk to you. Well, this might be interesting tonight. What an honor to be here. Wouldn't miss it for the world. These are true friends of ours. I'm sure he could have got a, a, a better preacher, uh, but I'm thankful that I'm here tonight uh, to celebrate with you guys. First Samuel, is it all right I'll preach a little bit to this great church? I believe the Lord wants to talk to us tonight, and uh, uh, I was talking to Pastor Stanley on the way down here. He said, Nathan, don't preach an hour and 20 minutes, and uh, so if he's watching, yeah, I'm doing it just because you told me not to and uh, these people love preaching they want me to preach an hour and 20 minutes what are y'all laughing at y'all supposed to be saying yes hey man y'all still not getting it y'all supposed to say anyway first samuel chapter 21 verse 2 and david said unto ahimelech the priest the king hath commanded me a business and it said unto me let no man know anything of the business whereabout I send thee, and what I have commanded thee, and I have appointed my servants to such and such a place. Now, therefore, what is under thine hand? Give me five loaves of bread in my hand, or what there is present. And the priest answered David and said, There is no common. Somebody say, No common. There's no common bread under my hand. But there is hollowed bread, and if the young men have kept themselves at least from women. And David answered the priest and said unto him, Of a truth, the women have been kept from us about three days since I came out. And the vessels of the young men are holy, and the bread is in a manner common, yea, though it were sanctified this day in the vessel." So the priest gave him hollowed bread. Somebody say hollowed bread. For there was no bread there but the showbread that was taken from before the Lord to put hot bread in the day when it was taken away. Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, detained before the Lord, and his name was Do Doage. And an Edomite, the chiefest of the herdmen that belonged to Saul. And David said unto Ahimelech, Is there not here under thy hand spear or sword? For I have neither brought my sword nor my weapons. Somebody say my weapons with me. Because the king's business required haste. And the priest said, The sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom thou slewest in the valley of Eli, behold, it is here wrapped in cloth behind the ephod. And if thou wilt take that, take it, for there is no other save that here. And David said, There is none like that. Give it me. And David arose and fled that day for fear. I want to talk to you. From this thought uh, tonight, and I pray the help of the Lord in this place today. I want to talk to you from this thought. Where 
to run? Where do you need to run to? I want to talk to you about the power and of the revelation of knowing where do you run to? Would you put your Bibles down, lift your hands with me. Let's ask the Lord to help us in this place today. God, I thank you for what we feel in this house tonight. God, I pray that you would touch this place with a unction from the Holy Ghost, that our minds would, would be captured by your word, that our faith could be elevated. God, I pray for strong conviction. I pray, God, that you would bind every spirit of confusion, fear, every spirit that would exalt itself above your knowledge. We take authority over it right now. Let your word have free course in this place and we'll give you all the praise and the glory for it in Jesus name would you put your hands together come on would you shout would you lift up your voice come on lift up your voice like you love him today shout with a voice of triumph shout with a voice of triumph today we give you praise we give you praise we give you praise you may be seated tonight. We are in the last of the last days. and There is absolutely no doubt that the enemy is, is aware of the short time that he has. And When we look at this enemy, the Bible teaches us that he has been cast down having great wrath upon us. He desires to sift the faith of God's people. He desires to overcome them with weariness and with fatigue. And he desires to do his best to make you question if God is going to do anything in the last days. But you need to understand tonight that, that God, God is absolutely in control. And the Bible might tell us that in the last days there's perilous times and in the last days that there would be wars and rumors of wars and that in the last days that there would be great pestilence and that men would be lovers um, of themselves more than lovers of God, ever learning, never coming to the knowledge of truth and that they'll point, they'll say that, that evil is good and good is evil. We are there today, but that's not the only promise that God has given for the last days. In fact, the Bible said that he said he would pour his spirit out upon all flesh in the last days. And I, I want you to realize tonight that the church is not going to go out holding the bottom of the rope. And, and that the church is not going out just barely making it by the skin of our teeth. But God's going to have a people. He's going to have a people that understand His power. And he's going to have a people that have the revelation of his glory. And he's going to have a people that have walked in the authority of God's word. How many of you want to be part of that group tonight? And he's done his best. He's done his best. And I hate to bring up the vid. I hate to bring up 2020. But it was amazing that the test run that went through our nation and I'm not talking about conspiracies. I'm talking about minimizing what is, what is absolutely needed and a must for the church world. And he done his best to minimize the church house. And, and I, 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 want you to, I, I want you to understand today, and I, I'm 
not here. I, I pastor a great church. I'm not looking to pastor anywhere else tonight, so I'm not trying to come pastor you tonight. But I, I want you to understand tonight that, that, that God, that this generation thinks that, that less is more and that this enemy has done its best to come here and minimize the people of God gathering together in the house of God. And he's done his best to deceive us and to make us think that that less church is it might be what people want but it is not what people need. Somebody told me one time I, I saw them in oh God I'm, I know I'm treading on, on, on thin ice here tonight but uh, somebody saw me in a restaurant one time and, and I, I was it was a it was a it was a neighboring church and 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 and, and they grabbed me when we were we were shaking hands and they grabbed me when I I was walking out and they said you know they said uh i guess you're going back at it for round two tonight i said yes sir we're gonna try he said well while while y'all having church i'm gonna be on my back porch drinking uh drinking sweet tea y'all go on and and go out there and act like you're crazy because y'all are the real apostolics and i just slapped him on his back and said you said it and walked out but i was so winning that day But I, I understand. I, everybody don't have to do it the way I do it. But let me tell you what I do know. I do know that I don't need any more opportunity to get carnal than I have right now. I just I, I can get there all by myself. And and the, the house of God is, is an important place to us. And 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 the enemy is doing his best to deceive the people of God, making you think that church is not important, that this place is not important. In 2020, we had all those selfies going out. Look, we're having we're having uh, Book of Acts church, and they'd have a picture of cereal and watching watching uh, watching uh, watching it on, on on the internet. And 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 here they are, the real apostolics from house to house, from house to house. And that that was a bunch of hogwash because I can tell you right now, if you read the Bible, there's two things that the enemies always wanted the church to do. The first thing is to scatter, to get alone, make us feel like nobody's there with us, get isolated from one another. The second thing is to put your head down and not recognize because if he can ever get you looking in your own world, he can keep your eyes off from which cometh your help because the Bible says lift up your eyes unto the hills from which cometh your help. Lift up your head for your redemption draweth nigh. And I'm going to tell you, place and posture, they matter when it comes to the blessings of God. Where you're at and what you're looking at, it absolutely matters. We got to get our heads back up and we, 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 we got to make our posture one of looking for God and we got to get in the right place together. We got to understand that this place right here is a very powerful place and there's nothing like the house of God. In the, there's nothing like it. Somebody shout, there's nothing like it. 
And I got, I don't know about you, but I got so tired of hashtag 2 Chronicles 7 and verse 14. I got so sick and tired of people hashtagging that, not meaning it, because here's why they didn't mean it. Like they're going to just stay in their house and pray. And you can pray in your house. And you better pray in your house. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to tell you right now, people that don't come to corporate prayer don't have private prayer. Okay, I'm going to say it again. Write this down. Just write it down right now on the palm of your hand. People that don't come to corporate prayer, they don't have private prayer. Quit fooling yourself because private prayer will pull you to corporate prayer. Oh, yeah. And I, I, got so, I got so tired of reading that, and I wanted to scream at everybody. And I know that's not very holy, and I know I needed to pray through. I didn't scream at anybody. I don't have two Facebook, and, and I don't pay too much attention to idolatry, Graham. I try to do my best to keep my face out of all the worldly carnality that tries to steal the victory that God has. Y'all going to think I preach against everything. I don't. I promise you there's somebody in my city don't think I preach against nothing. But the Bible, the, you, you need to read this passage. Let's start at verse 12. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain. And if I command the locusts to devour the land. And if I send the pestilence among the people if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land now my eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place for now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually it wasn't you just praying anywhere it was this place and what you got to do is you got to understand at this place there is power and at this place there is refuge and at this place there's something that happens when I can't find him in my closet I can come here with this place and I can get where two or three are gathered together and he's going to be in the midst of us and two or three touching any one thing he's going to do it somebody shout this place this place is an important place this place is the place where God moves this place is the place of refuge this is a place of clarity and instruction this place is a place where God shows his strength and shows his power somebody shout this place I was preaching revival in in uh, uh, oh, one of them tree hugging cities uh, Bloomington I was in Bloomington, Indiana, preaching, preaching revival. And when I was there one night, at the end of service, we were, we were having altar service. And at the end of the service, the way this building was set up, the entrance was on the side, back left side, on this side over here. You're right, my left. And, and the door swung open. And there was this big tall guy. He's probably about 6'4". And he was walking in, and he was confused. His eyes were confused. And, and I was thinking, my Lord, this dude's got a devil. 
And he turned and he started walking and he was, he was mumbling and everybody was fleeing. Well, I was going to be spiritual. I walked down that aisle. And when I got, I don't know, about from here to Pastor Stanton, I, I, I could smell the alcohol on him. All of a sudden, my spirituality got a little bit, man, I was like, hey, y'all handle him. And, and he, he was drunk as Cooter Brown. Y'all don't know who Cooter Brown is? Uh, oh, yeah, he's in your family tree. He was drunk. I'm telling you, he was drunk. And, and when, I walk, when he walked by me, I could hear him mumbling, oh, where in the world? I don't know how to get home. What, what, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Well, they got him down there. And I'm telling you right now, these two pastor's sons, they could pray a Pepsi bottle through. They got a hold of him and they prayed him sober. He talked in tongues. I'm telling you the honest God truth. And we were, we were talking to him after service. And I didn't know the story. But come to find out, he hadn't been to that church. He was probably his mid-40s, early 50s. And he hadn't been to that church since he was like 10 or 11 years old. His parents backslid because there were some problems that happened in the church. And they ran the preacher off. And, 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 and they got bitter. And they were out of church. And he had not been to that church since he was 11, 12, 10, something like that, something, a young age, and, and, and he, he had not been to that church, and they were asking, what made you come here? He said, well, I couldn't remember how to get home. He was an alcoholic, and he left that church or that house that morning, and he couldn't remember how to drive back to his house. But something got a hold of him when he couldn't remember anything else. He could remember how to get to the house of the Lord. You know he runs their sound system to this day right now. God delivered him. God saved his wife. God saved his kids and their kids. Are you hearing me tonight? Are you here? I'm telling you there's power in this place. This isn't just some common place. This is a true place. This is a house of God. This is why you need a man of God. Because this place, this place is needed in our life. Come on, is there anybody ever walked in this house discouraged? But when you came in, it wasn't even a sermon preached to you. They didn't even sing your favorite song. But you started looking at people that you know been through a few things in their life. And you said, my God, if they can do it, I know I can do it. That's the power of this place. How many times you've been going through through it and the man of God grabbed the microphone and start preaching right to your house and you start saying yeah he loves me he cares about me he knows where I'm at because that happens at this place this is the place this is important and you got to understand something you got to understand something about this house now David David was unique in this that, that he had already been anointed king but now, now David, he understands the prophetic that's on his life. But now the very thing that he thought that where he would set was chasing to kill him. It, 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 was a, it was a time in David's life he had more questions than he had answers. And David is fleeing for his life. And before he flees and goes anywhere, the first place he visits is the house of the Lord. Why? Because he was looking for two things. He was looking for bread. He was looking for weapons. 
<laughs> you got to know. You got to know what's in this house. Oh, God, have mercy. I wish you'd help me. This isn't an ordinary place. This isn't a place where somebody just had a good idea for a bunch of people together. This place is a place that you can go to when you ain't got what you need. And David was hungry. David was hungry, but he wasn't just hungry for anything. He was hungry for something that only the house of God could feel. I'm just going to tell you, I'm just going to tell you, this place is better than Jackie's. This place is better than Gina Mexican Restaurant. Come on, this, this place is better than Doe's Steakhouse in Monroe. I'm telling you, this place, this place right here, there, there's something in this place that's, it's, that no other place has got it like this place. David looking for food. What do you got under your hand, man of God? What, what, what's under your arm, man of God? What's well, bread? Well, I want that bread. Well, this ain't common bread, David. This ain't common bread. This is bread that you, you got to have some purity in your life if you want to eat this bread. There's got to be something in your life. There's got to be some decisions made if you want to eat in this bread. Can I tell you, if you want the full benefits of this house, you need to yield yourself to every sermon that ever preached every word that God ever gives you need to open your heart come on you need to say God you don't have to spoon feed me I'm going to eat everything you've got I want everything that you've got somebody say this place this place isn't ordinary place this isn't ordinary bread this isn't common bread this isn't bread you get everywhere no, ain't nothing like God's bread. It's daily bread. Come on, it's bread. It's bread that'll change everything in your life. It's bread that'll make, come on, it's bread that'll make you open your eyes and realize how great God truly is. Somebody shout, it ain't ordinary bread. Y'all remember that story in the Bible? God is vexed with the devil. She needed deliverance for her daughter. Y'all remember the story? Jesus, the, the disciples got a little ticked off at her. Hey, she's bothering us now, Lord. You're ignoring her and she's bothering us. Send her a longer way. He turned around and said, hey, hey, sweetheart, I appreciate you. Appreciate you talking to me. But I'm only here for the lost sheep of Israel. You, you just need to go on and wait your time. Wait your time. Go on, go on, sweetie. She just, she just kept on. She just kept on. Let me tell you about this bread. This bread that, that God has for you, there's a few things that you're going to have. There's a few inner things that you're going to have to fight. Oh, God. I'm, I'm preaching right now. You know five years means that there's a shift. The number five means there's a shift. There's transformation. There's healing. There's strength. There's deliverance. It's a transitional time for everybody in five years. This is not just his five years. This is your five years. Somebody said, well, I've been here. I've been here. I've been here for 37 years. Well, great. I'm glad. Give me $100 for every year. I'm glad you've been here for 37 years. But this is a shift for you, too. This is, this is God's direction. This is, this is something. And here's what I know. If you want to eat the bread from the house of the Lord, 
If, if you want to get the bread at its full power, there's a few things you got to deal with. And I'm going to tell you something. God is going to set this church. He, he's not going to set this church after this sermon. I'm telling you, he's already set the direction. He's already set the momentum. You guys have been seeing revival. People have been praying through. People have been seeing miracles have been happening. Things have been happening around here. You feel the shift, but I'm going to tell you right now, we're about to kill a spirit that's got some of you malnourished. Some of you that's been, been keeping you from being fed. Some of you, some of you that you have not been able to eat this bread because you have not dealt with this. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I feel the Lord here right now. I feel my help. I'm going to tell you, when you start feeling your help, you don't need amens. I feel, I know I'm in the vein of the Holy Ghost right now. And she just kept on bothering me until finally the Lord looked at her and said, let me just tell you, it's not meat for me to give the children's bread to a dog. That you, 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 you're a dog and you're, you're not ready for what I can give you. And can I tell somebody, if you're going to get this bread that's going to change your life, if you're going to get off the common bread and get on the hollowed bread, if you're going to leave the common behind and get on the supernatural bread, you've got to be able to learn how to guard your heart from offense. You, you got to let God deal with you and not everybody else. You, you Come on, I'm telling you, this church is going to a depth in the Holy Ghost. And it's not because you're bad people. God wouldn't even want to deal with you if you were bad people. But God's wanting you to confront these things because he's got, I'm, I, he's got things out there for you. He, he, there's, a, there, 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 there's backsliders looking at this. There's people he's wanting to bring back home. But we've got to deal with the elder. We've got to deal with the spirit of offense. Spirit of offense. Now, I'm not here to preach on this. I didn't think I was, t I, I, this was not part of the sermon. But I, I want you to understand tonight that, that if you're going to deal with offense, let me talk to you about the power of forgiveness. Do you realize when, when the Lord looked at them and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That when he made that statement, three realms were shaken. The heavens were shaken. They rent the veil from top to bottom. The earth was shaken. The, the dark clouds and thunder started rolling. And darkness started coming over the face of the earth. And death was dealt with. Graves were open. Because forgiveness has the power to deal with all three realms. It deals with the realm of the heavens and the realm of the earth and also the realm of death and what you got to realize is when you can get over a fence you've got the power to see all three realms shaken in your life come on listen to me listen to me I promise you if you want to eat this bread you got to be willing not to get offended you got to be willing to say preacher preach it as straight as you can preach it God talk to me as straight as you can talk to me come on God lead me to prayer. Come on, talk to Jack. Pull me through. You got to deal with offense. Hey, dog, this ain't for you. But no, but she didn't, she didn't, she didn't, she didn't just stop. She didn't stop. Even though he called her a dog, she looked at her said and said, you know what? You, you're saying the truth, Lord. You're right. You're right. I'm a dog. But she said, let me tell you about the dogs. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall off the master's table. What you got to understand 
is that a crumb of this bread will change the destiny of generations in your house. Oh, my kid, my kid is vexed. No, her daughter was vexed with the devil, but a crumb off the master's table. Because here's the deal. It's not just anybody's table. It's the master's table. Go look it. Go look it up. She was calling him. She wasn't just saying he's, the, he's one master of many masters. Go look it up. You'll find it means supreme authority. He was the supreme authority. If it's coming off your table, God, if it's coming off your table, Lord, it's got the power to do what the lo- what's in the loaf. One crumb is not a single piece from one itself. It represents the whole loaf of bread. Come on, I'm telling you, listen to me, listen to me. Come on, there's bread in this place that's going to change generations to generations to generate. Come on, are you hearing me today? There's something flowing in this house. It's going to get in effect. You say, nah, there's no hope. Oh, yes, there is. There's no hope. Oh, yes, there is. Why? Because it's bread in this place. It's bread in this place. It's bread in this place. Well, my kids, they don't want this. They don't want this. Y'all remember that prodigal? Isn't it amazing? Luke 15, I know I need to, get, I need to hurry. I promise you I'm going to hurry. You know, Luke 15, it, it, it bothered me. It bothered me. They went and looked for the lamb that got, that wandered off. They looked for the, for, the, for, the, for the coin that was lost. But nobody went looking for the prodigal. And there's a reason for that. The lamb just wandered. The coin was lost. In un, it wasn't intentional. He was just lost. But that prodigal took everything that belonged to him, all the blessings, and said, I don't want your authority. See, the prodigal left in rebellion. Are you hearing me? And he, he goes out and he wastes all his substance with riotous living. He goes out and spends everything that he had. And he finds himself, he hires himself to somebody that wasn't even willing to feed him. And they send him. And he said, well, I'll tell you what, you go feed those hogs and you can eat what the hogs eat. And he gets out there and he's feeding those hogs. And the Bible said he would have filled his belly with the husk thereof. But he started remembering the father. <laughs> and how that the father, he had bread enough to spare. <laughs> he didn't just have any kind of bread. He had, he had hot bread. He had, he had hollowed bread. He had, he had bread. He had bread that would change the appetite. He had, he had bread that would change and bring the blessings of God. Come on now. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you ever get the revelation of how great the Father's house is, you realize that your kids will never be too lost. Why? Because there's bread in this place. Why? Because there's fulfillment in this place. Why? Because God's anointing is in this place. It's in this place. It's in this place. Somebody shout, there's not no common bread here. It's not ordinary around here. This place is out of ordinary. We don't serve ordinary in this house. This is supernatural power. What you got? What you got? He gets the bread. He gets the bread and he looks at he looks at Ahimelech. He says, Ahimelech, he said, I don't have a weapon. I don't have a spear or a sword. I've run. Because I'm going to tell you, it's amazing what you'll leave behind when you understand you need to get to the house of the Lord. He's running for his life. He runs into that house. He ain't got a spear or a weapon. 
And he starts talking. He starts, I need a weapon. You got any spears? You got, you got a sword around here? What you got? And old Himelech said, you know what? He said, David, there's only one sword here. He said, this sword, this sword's only been used by you one time. It's been, it's been a, a testimony, but now people, people kind of forgotten about that. But it, it's here, it's here. It's that sword you took from Goliath when God, God delivered you from Goliath. And he started remembering, man, there's not anything like that sword. <laughs> oh, God, you're not hearing me today. There's nothing like that sword. That sword is better than any sword. Where in the world is that sword at? Well, that sword is over there in that corner, wrapped behind that old ephod. That old ephod was a thing that, that those priests would, glide, would grab looking for clarity. It was a place. In fact, some believe it was one the priest had entered some of the most purest forms of worship looking for direction. That old ephod meant something to a priest. And, and that sword was behind something that brought clarity when would the priest would worship God. And it was, it, was, it was behind that old ephod. Because see, if you want to get up old weapons, how many of you remember some things God did for you in your past? You're not hearing me about it. I appreciate you just, yeah. No, when God's done something really in your past, you look back over in that corner and you see that sword sitting there. And see, sometimes we're, we're in the middle of the fight and we're running for our lives. We forget how God protected us the last time or the first time or the middle time. We, we, we start losing focuses on every time God had delivered us. But what you don't understand is worship will stir those memories back in your life. Life. That if you worship God, God will start telling you, yeah, I'm the same God you had yesterday. I'm the same God today. And I'll be the same God tomorrow. If I delivered you from drugs, I can put your marriage back together. And if I can put your marriage back together, I can draw your kids back to the church. Come on, I'm telling you one testimony goes from one testimony to another testimony to another. And I'm telling you there's some deep wells in this church. This church has been places in the Holy Ghost. You've seen God's mighty hand in the Holy Ghost. You know what it's like to taste victories. And I'm telling you, you ain't tasted your last victory. You need to make your mind up. Hey, I'm getting a sword. I'm getting a sword again. Lift your hands up with me. Come on, lift your hands up with me. Oh, I don't know if God can. Oh, yes, he will. Oh, yes, he will. I don't know if he wants to. Oh, yes, he does. Oh, yes, he does. Somebody say this place. This place has got supernatural food. This place has got weapons. Come on, are you there? I remember, I, I'm going to just tell you, I probably shouldn't say this, but I, I mean, I don't know no better. I probably do, but when I when I took that church in West Monroe, I'll tell you my honeymoon period, Brother Stanton was in one night in the Motel Six. It was bad. There was no lights, but there was I'm telling you, it was bad. I I got voted in on a Saturday. I preached on Sunday, and I'm telling you, I preached, brother. I'm telling you, I, I was the man Sunday. I preached. Blake was there. He he remember how great it was, I tell you. Probably can't. But I, I preached, I preached, I preached the house down. I'm telling you, 
I, I don't know what all I preached against and what all I preached every against everything Sunday morning. I preached for everything Sunday night. I was like, you're gonna get good. I'm gonna show you I'm the pastor. And I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I hadn't looked at the books. I, you know, I, I hear all these people want to interview, want to look at the books, bank accounts, all this before they take a church. Well, I, I mean, that's cool. I didn't think about that. I wasn't smart enough to do that. I've been there five years. I didn't know nothing. I walked in whistling, but stand. Walked in that secretary. I'm, I'm the pastor now. Now I walk in. People, people got to listen. I said, I said, hey, hey, pull them books up. Let me see what we got in the bank. Let me see what's going on. And she started showing me we're sixty five thousand behind on the mortgage. We didn't have a dollar in the bank. I went from whistling. I went, oh. I was like, I don't want to know no more. I walked back in my office. I fell on my face, and you know what I said? I said, God, what in the world are you doing? And the Lord said, that's not the question. What are you going to do is the question. Huh? You, you, you can get caught up. You can get caught up in, when trouble's hit. I'm telling you, you can get caught up. You can get caught up when trouble hits. Tr- trouble will knock the air out of you. It, it'll make the things that God spoke over you look like it's so far in the distance it can never happen. It'll make you look like you're the servant and you're not the one leading the thing. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I got up preaching vision and I'm telling you, we didn't have enough money to go across the street and buy one piece of bubble gum for 10 cents. We didn't have anything. 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 Nothing. Zero. You understand that. Negative. Huh? In the red. Y'all, do I need to keep talking? Anybody feel what I'm preaching right now? It looked like we didn't have the ability to do whatever thing God has promised me to do. You mean we got this big old church, all these people, and all this is going on? What in the world? What are you talking about, Lord? You put me here to have revival. But you know what? You know what? The more you start, the more you start getting into God's work, you got to understand, God, there's going to be a time in your life God's going to have to show you that it ain't about you. You can't do it on your own. And you, 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 can't, you, you can't build the church. I'm telling you, the most overrated nonsense we got moving in our movement right now is we're teaching church growth principle off of businesses, off of business ideas. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not against leadership, but it's the most overrated word in all of our movement right now. We've got men trying to, do, trying to build church through methods. Let me tell you, God's church is only built through conversion. Preaching's the only way to get converted. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It ain't better Sunday school department, better kids program. And I'm telling you, we got every department in the world at our church. But that's not what builds the church. God builds the church with conversion. A good old-fashioned move of the Holy Ghost. When the drug addict's at his life's end, when the doctor looks like his world is falling apart, good old-fashioned conversion. Come on, act like you've been converted tonight. Say, I remember when the Lord brought me in. You want to know why I'm here tonight? It's not because I hadn't had hard times. It's because I've been converted. I'm I'm, I'm getting there. Man, I I took that, man. We we started going through things. God started helping us get everything back. And right when we got it on track, we had this big explosion. People getting sued. I was getting sued. The church was getting sued. Trustee Borg was getting sued. Members of our church was getting sued. 
it was, it was crazy. They were suing for crazy things. I'm sitting there thinking, my God, I remember I, I'd walked out of the lawyer's office and and I was, I was felt bad because, I, man, I don't, you don't touch things. There's certain things you just, you know, somebody gave me a word uh, during that time. They said, look, God will either fight for you. God will fight for you, but he'll never fight with you. I said, put your sword up. Have revival. You just start doing the work of God. And I didn't want to fight. I knew. I knew. And I remember I was so discouraged one night. I walked, or One day I walked in and my wife looked at me. I was white as a ghost. I'm white anyway. Tell you, my wife likes the beat. She likes the sun. And I hate it. I burn. It don't matter if I get all, I can put five bottles of sunscreen on. I'm talking about on my face. Okay. Some of you carnal people, I tell you what. Huh? I'm telling you, y'all think I've got to rub it on my back or something. <laughs> oh, that's how to kill a service right there, young preachers. Don't do that. I was so discouraged. I walked in. My wife said, you're white. What is going on? Everything's going to be fine. I went. I shut my office door in my house. It don't have no windows, that office, when we lived there. That office didn't have any windows. It was dark. I laid on that couch. I put my head one end, feet on the other end. I was thinking, God's supposed to cancel this devil out of me. And you know what I did? I just started telling God everything that went wrong. The more I started telling him, I'd say one sentence, and then I'd say about four good sentences about how God's been faithful. And I was thinking, where'd that come from? I'd start complaining about something, then praise start coming out of my mouth. I'm telling you the truth. I was trying to complain, but the more I thought about it, the more I saw God's hand in it. And I went from laying on that couch trying to vent to on that floor understanding. I was on my knees weeping, my face in that floor because I realized real quick I was trying to have a pity party and God wouldn't let me because he'd been so faithful to me that the pity didn't compare to the praise. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Give me that good denominal head knob on a Sunday night. Yeah, yeah. See, some of you, you're there right now. You're in the biggest storm of your life. But I can tell you, if you look back over your life, you're going to see where God's been faithful to you every time. And I'm telling you, there's some weapons in this place. You ought to pull some old testimonies off the wall. You might say, I don't feel like shouting, but what he did for me last week, what he did for me a year ago, it's worth the praise. It's worth this weapon. His weapons. Stand with me today. Stand with me today. We didn't give nothing to nobody. We didn't have no money. I remember the first time we wrote, we wrote, I can't remember now, it was eight or nine dollars, but I, 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 I wrote that first missions check. I was crying. Not because we had eight dollars to send. Because that's all we had in the account, and I was embarrassed. I thought headquarters were going to say, this church got all these people. And they're sending $8 this month to missions. But here's the problem. If you can't trust God with the eight. See, some of you, some of you don't think you have enough to start. And you'll miss the miracle. Because huh? if you got enough to start it, God's got enough to finish it. I don't believe that. Why would, why would he look at them? Why would he look at them? You know what's so crazy about this? Why would he look at them and he say, 
he'd look at them and he'd say, you know, hey, we got to feed these people. And somebody said, hey, we ain't got but this amount of money. We can't feed them. Ain't enough. And the Bible said he did it to test them. And one of them said, hey, 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 I know it ain't enough, but there's an old lad here who took money out the pitcher. They didn't even go spend the money. He said, there's a lad here that's got five loaves and two fishes. It ain't a whole lot, but it's enough to get started. So God would take it in his hands, and he blessed it. And then he would put it in the hands of the disciples, and he would say, give it out. I used to preach that when God broke the bread, it was being multiplied. But the truth was, when the disciples were breaking the bread, it was being multiplied. <laughs> oh, you're not hearing me today. If we, if we, if we, we, how many of you know you've seen God stick his hands in your situations? Yeah, yeah, he make ends meet. Whether that ends was financial, spiritual, physical, he got you through what you need. He might not have used your way, but he used what you had. Come on, I'm, li listen to me, listen to me. Listen to me, Wallace Ridge. I'm telling you right now, I come against that little small-minded spirit that would love to control the apostolic movement in this area. And I'm telling you right now, this church will not have borders. This church will not have walls. This church will be a refuge because it's protected by the hand of God. But there'll be people that you never thought would come to this place. There'll be lines that you, you'll create an atmosphere of wealth in this area that it can multiply with people. And you say, it ain't going to happen. Oh yeah, it ain't. It. Hey, it's going to happen. The deal is do you want to be a part of it? And I'm telling you, if you want to be a part of it, you got to say this place right here. There's supernatural bread in this place. There's weapons in this place. Somebody shout there's weapons. Would you lift your hands with me? Come on, would you pray? Would you pray right now? Come on, would you pray with some authority, intensity right now? Come on, would you pray with your voice right now? Come on, hata yama shata hirama kata yama ha. Oh, oh. Come on, come on. Would you travail just a little bit? Come on, would you travail just a little bit? Come on, would you travail just a little bit? Come on, come on. Hita la mahasata. Hilomokoshela makayata. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all feel that stirring right there in the Holy Ghost. Come on, that's a new well in this church that you've dug. Come on, that's a new well of prayer that this church has dug. Oh, shataya makalamo. He tarada bahai. He tolo mosetaya la mahatai. He kalada mohoshela mataya la bahai. He tarada bahashela mokoye. He totolo lo lo boshe la makata. 
Come on, would you lift your hands one more time? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Ooh, da 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 ba. Ila mayata yala mahasata yala Where are we gonna run? We're gonna run to the place of refuge. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I don't remember the last time I was here. I don't remember the last time I'm here that I was here, but I feel some I feel some fresh wells, not just old wells. I feel like this church has dug some new wells. Here's what I see in the Holy Ghost right now. I'm telling you, I feel something so deep in this place. This ain't because I preach good. It's because something's happening in this church. This place has took a shift. God has done something over the last few months. It's done his best to destroy everything. But you faithful people of God have held on. You got a man of God that's held on. You got a first lady that's held on. Come on, you, you folks have joined together and y'all dug a well in this place that's a new well. And it, I'm telling you, it's deep, it's fresh, and it's hit water. And here's what I see in the Holy Ghost right now. This, the posture of this church will never, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you, you want to know what the posture in this area is? And I, man, I'm, I'm, I'm threading because people can watch this and think I'm, I'm being critical. I'm not trying to be critical. I'm telling you what I know in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, you pull in this area, and here's what you feel right when you pull in. It's a sleeping spirit. It's an apathetic spirit. Because the view of this church, churches around here, is that the, this, these churches are always going to be what these churches are. That's why they fight over stupid things. But this church has tapped into a well today. And the church growth of this church is not going to be other people leaving other churches. Though you're probably going to have some of that. But the church growth of this place is going to be praying sinners through. Listen to me. There's been an awakening that's taken place. I can feel it in your spirit. The enemy's tried to hold some of you back just a little bit. But I can feel an awakening in this church. Old prophetic bones that have been awakened in this place. Old prophecies that's been spoken. But here's the most powerful thing. God is not only going to give them life. But God has said He's allowed you to tap into something new here. And I and I'm not I'm not trying to diminish on anything that's ever happened in this church, but I can tell you what God's about to do in this place has never happened in this church. It's a new thing. And oh, that old spirit of apathy, it ain't going to be, it ain't going to, listen, you're, it, it ain't going to be welcome in this church because you're not going to allow it to get in your life. It's not going to be because we shut the door on people. It's going to be because you've made your mind up. You know what, God? We're not slumbering anymore on the promises of God and the spirit of God and the revival that you've spoken to us. Hikashatayanabai. Would you reach over and get a hold of the hand of somebody right now?